Good evening, I'm Darcy, and welcome to Real Bites, the podcast where we discuss classic films in light-hearted, bite-sized episodes. In this episode, we'll be discussing the 1957 Stanley Kubrick film, Paths of Glory. So, Paths of Glory was made in 1957, and again, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick. It stars Kirk Douglas as the main character. And the story is adapted from a 1935 novel, which is actually based on a true story, which is pretty wild considering the plot. And it centers around these three soldiers who are being tried for cowardice, even though they, they didn't do anything wrong. The main character is Colonel Dax, who is Kirk Douglas's character. And he's shown from the beginning as not being as detached as the other generals, Moreau and Brulard. Uh, I don't know, Brulard. The first time we see the other two, they're drinking coffee or something, or tea, in their fancy palace where they hold their offices and stuff. And the first time we see Colonel Dax, he's in the trenches with his men. He's not as detached. He's in on the action. <laughs> and... The Moreau argues that they're trying to capture, you know, this anthill, and Moreau argues how it's impossible. But Brulard thinks it can be done with 55% casualties. Moreau is the main villain because he insists on the attack because he wants a promotion. He wants to be promoted to three-star general. And he's willing to risk the lives of 8,000 men to do it. There is also a subplot which involves Roger and the soldier he accidentally kills. And then Corporal Paris sees him do it, so Roger selects him as one of the three soldiers to be tried for cowardice in order to prevent Paris from testifying against him. And the choice of the other two soldiers are Arnaud was chosen randomly, but he's known for his bravery, and Farol is deemed socially undesirable, which is why he was chosen in the end, they all get executed, which is not a very happy ending, but it drives one of the points the film is trying to make about war. The film can be considered anti-war, or it can be considered anti-military, because it's not. it doesn't just show how war is hell. It also shows how war creates this environment where power can be exploited easily, and, you know, like Moreau, who just wants to be a three-star general, He's greedy for this honor, and he's in a position where he can get it. Some of the film's stylistic choices are quite iconic, such as the long tracking shots, especially in the beginning, before they go over the trenches, where Colonel Dax and the other generals are walking through the trenches, and they actually had to widen the trenches wider than it was historically accurate in order to fit all the cameras and gear in there. It's interesting to see they got a lot of details in. They had the sandbags and the men all in their uniforms. It makes it really effective to have these super long shots and give the viewers a prolonged experience of what it's like to be in those trenches with the soldiers. Another plot element which is effective, and it's kind of accidental, which is interesting that it happened this way. The three soldiers who were tried for cowardice they were initially supposed to be shown during the battle in order to establish their bravery as being, you know, undeserving of being tried for cowardice. However, 
One of the actors, Timothy Carey, who played Feral, proved to be very difficult to work with, and he was actually fired before the charge sequences were shot. And because these shots were never filmed, the story had to be modified to fit their absence. And it it makes it more effective because now it's just it just shows the complete randomness and unfairness of it all instead of focusing on how brave men are tried for cowardice and the irony of that particular situation now it's just it's random it's unfair and it sucks let's talk about some trivia now so the script was at one point changed so the three soldiers were reprived but then Kirk Douglas threw a fit. He insisted on the original version, and they had to change it back. The plot thickens, however, because they were worried the studio wouldn't approve of the changes, so they sent in the updated script without any note or anything on it saying how it got revisions, and they just kind of assumed nobody would read the script and find out they brought back the original ending. And nobody did. Nobody checked, which is pretty funny. The film received quite a bit of backlash. It was banned in quite a few countries. It was banned in France until 1975. It was banned in Spain until 1986. And it was also banned in Switzerland until 1970, <laughs> which is a while. 1986, that's when, for reference, that's when The Labyrinth came out. Another trivia fact pertaining to dates, Kirk Douglas was born in the year this movie is set in. He was born in 1916, and the movie is set in that year, and Kirk Douglas lived to like 103 years old. I think he died last year. Impressive. Kirk Douglas and Stanley Kubrick allegedly did not get on very well. Stanley Kubrick is quoted to as having referred to Kirk Douglas as a talented shit. The title, Paths of Glory, is derived from a 1751 poem called Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard by Charles Gray, and the full line, which the title is adapted from, goes, The paths of glory lead but to the grave. Another actor trivia, so Timothy Carey, again, notoriously difficult to work with, he faked his own kidnapping for publicity, apparently, and... Kirk Douglas was irritated by him very much. So actually, of the $1 million budget, apparently 300000 of that went for Kirk Douglas's salary. My personal opinion on the film is that it's pretty great. I've seen it a couple times now, and it's interesting to see it again, because then you can focus on how pretty the, sh the shots are. And some of them are, in fact, really quite impressive. So Paths of Glory is one of Stanley Kubrick's earlier films. It's not as well known as works like A Clockwork Orange or 2001 A Space Odyssey or The Shining. It's even before he did Spartacus. The last scene of the film in the restaurant with the singing. The significance of that is to restore Dax's faith in humanity and in people after what he just saw. And I think it does a really good job of it. The film does a really good job of hammering in how absurd and unfair and horrible the situation is, and it makes it really frustrating to watch, but it keeps it interesting. There's quite a few solid lines of dialogue in there. It's like the line where Dax insults someone by calling him a senile degenerate old man, 
and when he says being ashamed of being a member of the human race and the quote about one way to maintain discipline is to shoot a man every now and then. So those are some lines which stood out to me. And there's an instance where uh, I found a smash cut really impressive where they had where they went from the rifle fire of the execution to the generals having a nice dinner in their quiet beautiful room. And the way Brulard is really nonchalant about everything. He's just like, yeah, we're going to have an inquiry. Cool. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the film, go check it out. Even if you don't like war films, I would recommend it just because of the plot and the characters and the way some suspense is done and like the way they built tension is really good. As a viewer, I really appreciate it. This, we have reached now the end of the episode. You have been listening to Real Bites, the podcast where we discuss classic films in bite-sized episodes. This podcast is free to listen to, and as of now, it's available on YouTube, SoundCloud, TikTok, LinkedIn, and Spotify. We'll be expanding to other platforms soon, so stay tuned. You can find all the links at realbites.card.co, which is spelled R-E-E-L-B-I-T-E-S dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Thanks for listening.